Alan Mendenhall. Welcome to Bookish Questions with Cultural Debris. Alan, thanks for having me. You have a new novel uh, just coming out, and it's called A Glooming Peace This Morning. So tell me a little bit about the book and, and tell me where you got the title. Well, the title comes from Romeo and Juliet, and the book is a gothic, southern gothic version of uh, Romeo and Juliet in some ways. It's obviously not a perfect match, but it's set in a fictional town of Andalusia in a fictional Magnolia County. And when I told my mom about the setting, she said, no, those aren't fixed. Those are real places. I said, no, mom, those names exist on the map in places, but the, these, the, this city and this County, they're are entirely fictional. I would know I created them, but, uh, it, uh, it tells the story of the, of, of forbidden love. And actually the, the story is predicated on a case that I read in law school. I read it during my one L year and I had just written a short story and the short story didn't quite hang together because I introduced too many characters in it. And I thought, well, maybe this will be the basis for some future novel one day. Well, I read this case and never went back to it again because I thought if I reread the facts and the holdings and the issues that it might muddy <laughs> the memory of the case. And I was writing based on sort of the imperfectly remembered version of the case. But that case, uh, which was in a criminal law class, inspired sort of the backdrop of, of this novel. And I thought, oh, this is perfect. Sort of like Harper Lee, when she wrote To Kill a Mockingbird, took the manuscript to Lippincott Publishers and the editors there said, well, this is neat. You got a bunch of short stories, but uh, this doesn't hang together as a novel. And so she went back, and that's when she came up with the Tom Robinson plot and the the legal plot. This a very similar thing happened to me, except for that the 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 legal plot came to me uh, during law school. Well, guess what? It's been a long time since I went to law school, so it took a <laughs> long time to write this book, which is a very very short book. Um, but it was because I just worked in fits and starts. I would do a little bit here, a little bit there, and it took over a decade to come together and. Um, really, it's it's just barely longer than a novella. So that's one of those, uh, as the old saying goes, uh, don't let don't let facts get in the way of a good story. So um, you don't want to you don't want to go back you don't want to go back and get too much too many of the actual facts from uh, from the case. You just want to let it sort of linger in your mind. That's right. Yeah. The, the, in the case, I mean, the book it involves some pretty uh, heavy themes and as i mentioned earlier it's southern gothic so it comes out of that tradition with faulkner and o'connor and tennessee williams and carson mccullers and truman capote and uh, as with all sort of southern gothic novels it deals with those themes of um sort of the juxtaposition of the genteel and the grotesque where the story is revealing something of the underbelly of the genteel uh, society. Um, there is a contrast between the individual, in particular the narrator, whose name is Cephas, which we learn in the um, early chapters is a mix of uh, both the biblical reference to Kephos, the Greek, and Bo Cephas, as in Hank Williams Jr. So the, <laughs> the, the nickname has a has a sort of a double association. But the themes of being isolated from society, and um, I use terms a lot to refer to the town, like multitude, crowd, throng, uh, masses, mob, 
and sometimes the uh, town acts as an undifferentiated unit of people, uh, but there are these central figures, um, three three boys in particular, besides Cephas, who's the narrator, uh, Lump, Brett, and Michael, uh, and those are his closest friends, and like to kill a mockingbird where there is uh you know there are stories going on and then there's the 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 uh legal plot the legal case uh this has stories involving these young boys as they encounter uh different characters in the town but then there's also this this legal case uh going on in 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 the background as well so very similarly framed yeah, I, well, I saw that uh, so the early blurbs, there were various references to, to To Kill a Mockingbird. And, of course, you and I had an extended conversation, oh, a year or two ago about uh, about your first book, which I will which I do have here handy, uh, which people should also grab. Not fiction, but it's a collection of your essays. But your family has a connection with uh, with Harper Lee and, and the setting of To Kill a Mockingbird, if you could just kind of briefly touch on that and, and the connection of, of your new story with, uh, with that classic. Well, sure. Briefly, uh, my grandfather grew up in Monroeville, Alabama with Harper Lee, uh, and he called her Nell. And he also, of course, had encounters with Truman Capote, numerous encounters with Truman Capote. And when I was a young boy, he would tell me stories about things that he did with Harper Lee and things he did with Truman Capote. I don't think he was particularly fond of Truman Capote. The young, the young boy uh, admired him as a, as an author and was proud that this figure who was associated with Monroeville and with Alabama had made a, a, a name for himself. But uh, I think he was the type of figure that the other boys made fun of. Um, and he would sort of just, Right in the the little um, the little I don't know if it was a cafe or what it was, but he would go in there and write and drink drink cokes, and uh, the papers would just stack up on the table, and the other boys would look in the window and kind of make fun of him. And they'd ask him, "What are you doing?" And he said, "I'm writing a book." And the other boys thought that was ridiculous because they didn't think anybody from Monroeville, Alabama, could <laughs> write a book. But that they were very wrong about that. Um, so my uh, my family's connections. With uh, with that region uh, run deep, um, with Magnolia County and Andalusia in particular, I had several cities in mind. Um, you know, I I had my hometown of Marietta in mind. I had Morgantown, West Virginia, where I lived in mind. I had Opelika, Alabama, in mind. I had all kinds of small towns in Alabama in mind, where I had been for family reunions or weddings or funerals over the years. I had. Uh, Madison, Georgia in mind. I had, um, I mean, I, th- there are just so many different small towns that I had in mind. So there's not really one place. I know there will be a temptation to say, oh, this sounds as though he's writing about X or Y, but really it's just an odd amalgamation of images that are just in my head um, from different places. And I just sort of picked and chose from whatever was resonating at, at that time when I um, depicted the city. So this book uh, comes out in November, um, which by the time this releases may already be out. So uh, it is from the University of West Alabama Press. Is that correct? 
That's correct. Yeah, it has an imprint um, called Livingston Press, but it is this, the University of West Alabama Press, with um, with that particular imprint for uh, works of uh, creative works, works of uh, novels and uh, creative nonfiction. Oh, very nice. Do you, so, is there um, is there are there any other stories uh, percolating in your head that we uh, that we should look forward to in the future? Well, interestingly enough, I read another case a few years ago <laughs> and thought, uh, you know, I don't want to get into the true crime uh, area the way sort of Truman Capote did with In Cold Blood. But I think if that case were to um, inspire another story, it's it's a possibility. My uh, My difficulty is balancing all my other writing with the fiction writing. So if I can just stay alive long enough, I think that maybe we'll see another novel, but uh, it took a long time to write this very short one. So uh, it will just be a matter of longevity for me. If I can, if I can just stay healthy and stay alive, it will probably eventually get there. If not, um, it will just be lost in some computer file. Well, now, now that you've done it though, you know, you can. So it, um, that's right. The, the next one won't be as hard before we go. I do have to compliment your, um, your six stack barrister bookcase over your shoulder there. I, uh, <laughs> I, I have been, uh, I've been designated as a, an admirer of, of um, barrister bookcases. And uh, that, that is a handsome one. And you are, you as a barrister are actually putting it uh, to its, its native use. Well, that belonged to my great uncle and to his father who practiced law in downtown Opelika. And, my my great uncle had several of these outside in a garage. He had mm. repurposed his garage as a uh, as an office, and he just had barristers' bookshelves everywhere, and old law books everywhere. And some of these old law books are my great great grandfather's. Oh, wow. I wish I could have gone back in time and acquired all of them, <laughs> but uh, my great uncle's been been gone for many many years now, and and so the books that he owned have been distributed to libraries and family and other people. And so I don't actually even know the whereabouts of all those books, but he had some really special volumes in there. Well, it is a handsome bookcase that should last for uh, another century to come at least. Well, thank you. I, I, I hope so. If it doesn't uh, tip over in here when, uh, when, when I get too many students. <laughs> well, they're, uh, they're built